0: Welcome in, welcome in. It feels a little bit different this time, doesn't it? I mean, we've had all those, as we've talked about many times, the different starts to the college football season or the football season in general with media days and camp starting and preseason and all that stuff. Today feels a little bit different than all the others, though. We have 16 games tonight, 16 games tonight, and uh, some marquee brands playing tonight as well. Uh, A few things to get to today. Uh, First of all, I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you guys are with me on this Thursday morning. The the real start of college football on this Thursday morning. Um, We just need to be honest about the Louisville and Louisiana Tech games for for Ole Miss and for Mississippi State. There's so much talk about them and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to be really honest with you guys about these games and what they're supposed to look like. And if they don't look like what they're supposed to look like, what that means for both teams moving forward. Also, I've got some picks for you tonight. Actually, just one pick for you tonight. One that I'm locking in because I think it's just an obvious, obvious, obvious choice. So one pick for you. And then um, and then a few games to watch. So you got 16 games that all of them are worth watching. A few games that are worth checking out, being interested in tonight. And uh, one pick for you as well. Good morning, Wayne. Glad to see you on this Thursday morning. Real quick, before I dive in, though, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Michael Borkey on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I would very much appreciate that. And if you like what you hear, actually like the video. That will go a long way as well. Also follow on Twitter and Facebook. And wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning or My Name, should turn up results and subscribe so you never miss a second. This weekend, Saturday night, late Saturday night, is when I'll start the uh, the basically the replacement of Sports Sunday. I'm not going to do that every Saturday night for the rest of of time. It's just going to be a football season thing. Uh, but from now until, you know, the middle of February, every Saturday night, every Saturday night, or uh, you may get one after college football ends late Sunday. It doesn't matter. It's a long way away. Uh, every Saturday night, I'll be on here with you recapping what happened in college football. It'll be late, like after all the games, basically like 930, nine thirty, 930, something like that, like a true after dark live stream that's coming starting this Saturday. Um, so yeah, subscribe YouTube, like the video wherever you get your podcast. There as well, Zach. Yeah, that game was rough last night. I mean, it, that that's how it should be, though, right? Um, Jacksonville State's quarterback was um, going into the game was hyped as maybe the best quarterback in the FCS. Uh, that will not end up being the case. But that guy, he signed with Clemson, I think, out of high school. If you can believe that, I think so. Um, honestly. Full disclosure, I didn't watch much of that game last night. Uh, got home late from uh, from our remote yesterday at Dancing Rabbit. Uh, gave me a sweet hat. I need to start wearing for this, too. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we were at Dancing Rabbit yesterday, got back late, turned the game on, watched it for a few minutes, and it was a blowout. And then I, I did other stuff. So uh, it was rough from what I watched, for sure, but that's how, you know, FBS versus FCS should go, even though it was at a neutral site, which, hey, more power to them. I brought it up yesterday on the radio show. I just a question, because there seems to be, and rightfully so, and I'll explain why, there seems to be supreme confidence just oozing out of Oxford and Starkville about this weekend. I have not heard from a single Mississippi State fan that is at all worried about about Louisiana Tech, and I have not heard, maybe I've missed them, but I have not heard an Ole Miss fan really uh, that is all that worried about Louisville coming up on Monday. But I did bring up the question, you know, if they're not worried, they're not, but give them a reason to be. What should they be worried about? And for Ole Miss, they should be worried about Malik Cunningham because while Louisville is – I mean, they lost their best receivers from a year ago. They don't exactly have established weapons on offense. Not exactly going to be great up front on the offensive line. They were a solid defense a year ago. Uh, Lost a bunch of bodies from that defense and replaced it with some interesting transfers. Uh, Not exactly a talented football team, or at least they shouldn't be compared to the ones that Ole Miss is going to be seeing this season. But Malik Cunningham is a—he's a hell of an athlete, pretty accurate passer as well. I mean, he's a true dual threat. He can throw the football short to intermediate routes is really where he's great. He doesn't have the same deep ball that uh, that Matt Corral has, not even close. Uh, but he's an athlete, and he can beat you with his legs. And he himself can make that game really interesting, or at least that's one thing that you know you should be worried about going into this game. And also on the other side for Mississippi State, mine was simply the offensive line hasn't gotten any better. And if the offensive line hasn't gotten any better, then it's going to be yet another struggle. So if you're looking for things to be worried about, to ruin your confidence, there's two. Uh, We have to see if State up front is improved because if they're not, nothing matters. Jaden Wally won't matter. Will Rogers won't matter. The defense won't matter. If they're as bad up front as they were a year ago, nothing matters. Uh, But through all of that, and some of the responses we got to that, I kept thinking about these two games and how we, how we honestly need to look at them and their outcome. Uh, these games should not be close. Neither one. Neither one, including Louisville. They should not be close. Um, guys like looking at Monday night guys on the radio or the television broadcast last night for UAB Jacksonville State said the over-under for Ole Miss, there's going to be 100 points scored in the game, and it's just going to be back and forth all night, and Louisville's going to score, and Ole Miss is going to score and all that. If that's the case, if that's how this works out, if Ole Miss is getting scored on up and down the field, we back? All right, we back. I don't know what happened there. Uh, it will be a disappointment record-wise uh, if that is the case. Uh, for uh, for Ole Miss. If Louisville moves up and down the field on this team and this defense, it's going to be a year that is going to be incredibly disappointing. And I think we just need to kind of be honest about that. Um, Louisville and Malik Cunningham are possibly, not possibly, not even the best quarterback offensive combo that they'll see in the non-conference. That's just the truth. So, If it doesn't go down like it should, if it's not a situation where Ole Miss scores 40-plus points on offense and they give up somewhere in the 20s, then the season is going to be a long and painful one. Like a year ago, but expectations have changed some. Same thing with Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech. If the line keeps going down, it opened up at like 31. Now it's down to about 24. If Mississippi State struggles with, Louisiana Tech I mean there's no other way to spin it even if they win the game if it's close or if it's something that they struggle with it's going to be spun around here and it doesn't need to be if they cannot take easy early easy comfortable care of Louisiana Tech next weekend is going to be a disaster and the season at large is going to be a disaster that's just the reality of the situation these are two games although Louisville's different than Louisiana Tech they are presumably better. But these are two games for Ole Miss and for Mississippi State that if they are going to have the seasons that fans think they're going to have, if Ole Miss is an 8-9 win team, if Mississippi State is a 7-8 win team like their fans think that they are, this game on Saturday should not be any sort of a struggle. And if it is, it's a sign. If Mississippi State struggles to, to block Louisiana Tech, if the rush three drop eight works again because those three are getting a ton of pressure on Will Rogers, the season's going to be a disaster. That's just the truth. And if Ole Miss is getting scored on up and down the field, if it's an electric game on Monday, this season's going to go just like last year. Well, they'll score 40 points in a game and lose still. That's how that's going to go. That's just the truth. That's the reality. Um, Cunningham's a good player. He is. He is for Louisville. He's a good player. Louisiana Tech uh, will have a quarterback that's a West Virginia transfer. Played pretty well in the Big 12. You know, it's it's not like they're just going to lay down for you. You've got to show up and play. But the result, if it's anything other than a comfortable win, it's a bad sign moving forward. It's a really bad sign moving forward. These are two games that should be comfortable wins. For both Ole Miss and Mississippi State. If they're anything other than that, there's a problem. It's really that simple. It's really what it comes down to. So, anyway, it's my, uh, those are my thoughts and I'm sticking to it. I was thinking about that a lot driving uh, back from Philadelphia yesterday. I have no s- cell phone service at all between Philadelphia and, and back here in Madison where I sit right now. I mean, it's, you get a little bit like, when you drive through Carthage, cause that, that's a little town in between the two, but otherwise I was sitting with my thoughts yesterday. And I kept going back to that is man. If, if these guys are right, then it's a problem because again, um, it, this is not the best team Ole Miss will see in the non-conference possibly definitely not the best quarterback. They'll see in the non-conference that'll be Liberty and what people think could be a first round pick in, in Malik Willis. I don't, think that he's as good as he's getting credit for, but people think he's a first-round pick. So, Randall says both teams will roll this weekend. Both teams are better than last year. Better hope so. I mean, we've talked about it so much, it's a broken record. But that's the thing with Mississippi State. uh, Every fan that, that I've heard from just only really talks about Will Rogers or talks about, well, they need to run the football more or or Rodgers is going to be better, or Jaden Wally is going to be targeted more often. And it's. you guys have heard this from me before, but it's the only thing that matters. If they are not better on the offensive line, Jaden Wally doesn't matter. Will Rodgers' progression just won't matter. Because if five can't block three consistently, it's going to be a struggle. Next weekend, it's going to be a struggle in Memphis. It's going to be a struggle with Everybody from the SEC on your schedule, if five cannot block three, because last year five could not block three, and that's why they couldn't score against Kentucky or Arkansas or anything. I mean, that's why they couldn't score against Vanderbilt, because five could not block three. Uh, That's the thing. That's, That's the only thing anybody needs to be talking about, is what they're like up front, because after that, nothing else matters unless they can't improve there. So anyway, yeah, I, I mean, it sh- they should be, I will predict two blowouts. They should be two, I, I mean, not close football games. They should be comfortable wins. If these teams are as good as the people around here think that they are, these games should not be close. Either one of them should not be close. And if they are, that's a red flag waving in the background, big old red flag, like the kind of flag that you see in front of the car dealerships off the highway, like a <laughs> a cartoon style flag waving off the highway, where like it's shocking that it's even the pole is able to hold it. It's that big. If these games are close, that's the kind of red flag that you're going to get uh, in front of these two teams. So anyway, uh, my pick tonight, by the way, the one game that I'm picking tonight is uh, Ohio State plus the 14 at Minnesota. Tonight, I uh, brought this up on the the radio show yesterday. Tell me that you cannot see the game tonight, Ohio State, Minnesota, going down just like this. Ohio State kicks off to Minnesota and they have a great script to start the game. And they go down the field and they score an opening touchdown against Ohio State. And the crowd's going nuts and it's a big atmosphere and everybody's losing their minds and they're up seven to nothing against number four team, Ohio State, and all that. And things settle down a little bit, and Ohio State scores a touchdown somewhere in the mid of, middle of the second quarter and then kicks a field goal right before halftime. So we go into the locker room, and Ohio State's got a 10-7 to lead. And everybody in the stadium thinks they're going to pull an upset, and Minnesota's all fired up when they go into the locker room, and everybody's just losing their minds, and what an atmosphere. And then Ohio State comes out of the locker room in the second half and goes touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, and just blows out Minnesota. That is what is happening tonight. Um, uh, for everything that will be on, in Minnesota's favor, um, home atmosphere, CJ Stroud getting his first real college action for Ohio State. I don't think any of that matters. 14 points is way, way, way too low because the talent gap is way, 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 way too big. Really significant. And I think that Ohio State is going to cruise after what is possibly an early schedule because it was kind of funny lane kiffin said in his press conference the other day i mean they coach too so people ask us what we're going to do we don't know until we see what they're going to do because they coach too so minnesota will come out firing and, and fired up and ready to play and they'll have a good script and it'll be close for a little bit and then talent and depth will take over and ohio state is definitely going to win this game by more than two touchdowns that is the only pick i'm giving tonight i consider tennessee bowling green because I think Josh Heupel has uh, has something to prove. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that would have been my other one. Am I a Closet Buckeye fan? Hey, I mean, that's Ohio Stadium right there. Right there. And then that's a bunch of Ohio State stuff. So, yeah. But uh, I would do that regardless. I mean, it, that's an easy pick to me. Um, easy pick tonight. 35 seems to be a lot in Knoxville, but I think Josh Heupel has something to prove tonight. Uh, The offseason has not gone particularly well for uh, for Tennessee, as you guys know. And I think especially uh, little things like this, I don't know if it matters or not. I, I keep talking myself into thinking something like this matters. Tennessee could not sell all of the tickets to their home opener with a new coach in the lower bowl. You could go. You can go to the game tonight for under 20 bucks. Not like on the secondary market, under 20 bucks through the school lower bowl to watch Tennessee's home opener tonight. That's tough. And so, you know, you've had NCAA stuff, and, you know, Hypo was, what, their seventh option or so because people kept telling them no, and a bunch of guys transferred out, and nobody believes in this team, and there's just been a lot of disgruntled crap going on in Knoxville this offseason. I can't help but wonder if that's a motivator at all. And he'll just absolutely blow out Bowling Green as like a message. I wonder if that's a factor at all. He'll never admit it if it is, but if I'm him in his position with everything going on, I want to win like 70 to 7. And, you know, just score at will. Just keep scoring and score and score and score to get people like on your side. Because right now they're in wait-and-see mode. Well, what's a better way to get your fan base out of wait-and-see mode? It's beating the brakes off of somebody that you should uh, beat the brakes off of, and that's Bowling Green tonight. But, yeah, Ohio State plus 14 is the pick tonight. Other games worth keeping an eye on. So who knows what South Florida is going to be like, but uh, if you're a Mississippi State fan, you get your first look at NC State. Uh, They play tonight. I think that's on, yes, the ACC Network. That's at 630 tonight. If uh, if you got two TVs, you can second TV, NC State, and just get a look and see, you know what Dave Dorn's team is going to look like. Although again, it's South Florida, so how can you measure? And I would say the same thing to NC State fans. I mean, if you're watching Mississippi State, Louisiana Tech, you're not going to learn a whole lot. Uh, you probably won't tonight. But if you're curious to see what Week Two's opponent looks like, you've got them tonight. So keep an eye on that. Uh, and then on ESPN. So Ohio State-Minnesota is on Fox. On ESPN at 6 o'clock, Boise State at UCF. Boise State and UCF. Uh, Aside from the fact that these are two of the best group of five programs out there, there's a chance that this will be a Big 12 matchup here in the near future. I'm not kidding. I mean, you know, I smile a little bit when I say that, but I'm not kidding. I think that there's a chance that this is a, uh, a Big 12 matchup Not long from now. If the Big 12 is smart, this will be a conference matchup. Not long from now. I I talked to you guys about it the other day, where the Big 12 says they only see value in adding BYU. Um, That's nice, but you need to have more than nine teams in your league if you want to be considered a Power 5 league. And honestly, like I said back then, UCF to me is more attractive than a lot of Power 5 teams anyway. So if I'm Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12, I am trying to add both of these programs to my league right now because both of them bring more to the table than Kansas does. I mean, what job would you rather have? Honestly, what job would you rather have? Maybe maybe the answer is Baylor. I don't know. But if I'm a a college football coach and I'm given the option, Baylor or UCF, I, I think I'm taking the UCF job. There's your Max Kellerman take of the day. UCF. Better job than Baylor. I'd rather have it. I think UCF adds value to the Big 12, honestly. I think they do. I think Boise State would add some value. Not a great television market there in Idaho, but they would add something to the Big 12. I think they would. Uh, You're in a situation where you can go from 8 to 12, and it would make sense. You add BYU, Boise State, UCF, and uh, a wild card. Maybe it's Cincinnati. If they add those four, That's a power five league still, I think. It's the worst power five league, but it still is one if you add those four. Because I think Cincinnati's success is sustainable. I think UCF's success is sustainable. And we know already that Boise State certainly is. I mean, there's no doubt about that. They've been a mainstay in the group of five for how long? Uh, That's a program that can sustain and, and compete at that level. Utah's transition went well. TCU's transition went well. Why could Boise State's transition not go well? Same thing with UCF. So I'll be watching it. I've got my two TVs up. I'll check out NC State for a little bit, but um, give that one a shot. The bounce house will be rocking in Orlando tonight, and you'll see a future Power 5 conference matchup long before it actually becomes a Power 5 conference matchup. So anyway, there's your uh, pick of the day. Randall says there's more depth everywhere, and the cover effect should not be... Uh, the COVID effect should not be an effect. I hear you. Um, yeah, not tonight anyway, or not this weekend. Um, I still have not seen, and I know this is something that people hate still hearing about, especially now that the season's so close. Um, I have not seen the SEC release uh, any like official protocol situation. That's all been kept under wraps. I know Lane Kiffin said that uh, his team will not be tested, uh, this was two weeks ago, I think, will not be tested between the time he said that and the game because they all have gotten the vaccine, so they're not going to be tested. So I assume the teams themselves have gotten the uh, the protocols. I, I haven't seen them publicly yet, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be an issue uh, for Ole Miss. I don't know if, it doesn't sound like Mississippi State is over the threshold. Uh, they, they don't talk about it at all. Mike Leach refuses to do so, but I've, Again, I could be wrong about this. I feel like the school if they were over the threshold would make that known cuz that's an easy like win of a press release. Um so I don't know what that's going to look like for them. Will the non-vax players get tested? That kind of stuff. So I don't know. And I don't know when that will occur. Last year we knew on Friday who would be available for the game on Saturday. Is that going to be the case again this year? Will we will we learn tomorrow who's going to be available if if there's a you know If something pops up, I don't know. No idea. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. So I I guess it's something to still keep an eye on. But if you're the Ole Miss fan listening, you don't have to worry about it. team's not going to get tested. I don't know what it's going to look like in Starkville. I have no idea. Is Tennessee on the 10-year plan? They should be. They should be. Uh, It's funny. I saw... uh, Somebody put a quote out there this morning that uh, that Texas A&M will play for a national championship within five years. And my thought was, well, shoot, they better (laughs) with with their investment that they're giving Jimbo Fisher. They better play for a national championship within five years. If they don't, then they are just burning money, just lighting it on fire. Because what a waste. Seven hundred thousand dollars more than Dabo Sweeney. That would be Um, at some point. If you're a program like Tennessee, you've got to be patient. And I don't know if patience exists in college sports anymore. Uh, I mean, Joe had got two years. His linebacker punched his quarterback, and he was gone. Um, there is no patience anymore. You've got to win. You've got to win fast, or else you're losing your job. But for Josh Heupel in Tennessee, it's a total roster rebuild. They lost 25 players to transfer last year, 25 of them. An entire recruiting class's worth of players transferred out of the program when they had the coaching transition. Now they're being investigated by the NCAA. Who knows how long that's going to take, what that's going to look like. Who knows what's even in it, what the NCAA has or what they don't have. We all know around here what that cloud hanging over a program will do to that program. Um, Tennessee needs to be really, really patient with Josh Heupel. Danny White and, and the fans there. I mean, maybe not 10 years, but five at least before. I mean, it's a total rebuild. A complete and total rebuild. Uh, Patience is gone, understandably so, but in this case in particular, there needs to be more of it. I've I've made the comparison in the past with Mike Leach and uh, Jeff Collins. Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech was completely reshaping philosophy. I mean, that roster was built to run the triple option. If you have a roster built to run the triple option, then it can't run anything else and do it well. So Jeff Collins, it's a multi-year change. And Georgia Tech fans apparently are very satisfied with how it's gone so far. So so that's great. But in the SEC, if you've turned out let's see. Yeah, Jeff spells it with a G, not a J. No wonder it didn't pull up. But if um Mike Leach were to do three and nine, three and seven. In his first two years at Mississippi State, people will be calling for his head. Hell, if, if they go to a bowl game this year but lose to Ole Miss, there will be some heat because you can't lose to your rival around here. Um, but if Mike Leach rolls out another three-win season, there's going to be some heat. Jeff Collins hasn't gotten that heat because people have understood it's a total, complete and total philosophical change. I think it's a very similar situation here. Complete philosophical change. A little bit easier of a transition, but it still is one. Um, Tennessee fans need to be looking at it that way as well. Mississippi State fans needed. There was one person in this state that was telling State fans last year going into the season, you need to be patient because it's not going to look good at first. There was one person that was doing that. Everybody else is, oh, they're going to be great, and all this stuff about hanging 70 on Ole Miss and the Egg Bowl and all that kind of stuff. I mean, everybody just thought it was going to, boom, immediate success, and they're going to win a bunch of games, and then they beat LSU, and it's, Coach of the Year and Heisman Trophy and all that stuff. And there's one person around here that kept telling you to, to, to pump your brakes a little bit. It's going to have some growing pains. There still are going to be some growing pains. I'm not saying they're going to have three wins again, but the fans need to be patient. I think they will be for the most part. I've talked to you guys about it before. It needs to just look different. The results don't need to be eight, nine wins, and go to the Gator Bowl. But it needs to look like it's going in the correct direction. That's more important than wins to me. Uh, Georgia Tech fans are are doing the same thing. It needs to look different, and it has, and that's what was important in the first two years. With everything going on at Tennessee, they need to have that same mentality. It will take years to get out of this, many years, multiple years to get out of the hole that they're in. And fans need to be patient. But it doesn't sound like those people on Rocky Top are all that patient. So we'll see how that works out. But um, with the free year on scholarships, did that change the limits on total players for a program? It did not. What it did was the super seniors, air quotes, uh, the the guys that were seniors that were out of eligibility if COVID didn't exist, they essentially get to remain on scholarship but don't count towards the eighty five. So you have to have 85 scholarship players that are not super seniors. And then after those super seniors are gone, it's back to 85. So it's just a one-year thing, basically. Um, Group of five schools are really going to benefit from that. Really going to benefit from that, I think. Um, Because you got to get down. Got to get down to 85. Especially with the transfer portal being what it is now. Um, it's, It's changed things, for sure. So you got Gus Malzon's debut tonight. You've got Ohio State-Minnesota, which is interesting. You've got a future opponent for Mississippi State tonight. 16 games in total. Ohio State plus 14 is the one. I do want to read the story to you guys. Turning the page to uh, the NFL just for one second. So the announcement came yesterday that the, uh, the Saints are going to be playing their home game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in Jacksonville. That game will take place in Duval County at Jacksonville. And the team chose Jacksonville in, in part because of a few very New Orleans petty reasons. Uh, Hurricane Ida hit New Orleans last weekend. Obviously, the, the city is largely without power, although I saw some videos last night of lights coming back on in the French Quarter, so they're working hard. It's still a long process, but they're, they're getting there. Lights are coming on in the city. Still can't play that game in New Orleans next weekend. Mickey Loomis said uh, yesterday, he said, we're conscious of everything when it comes to preparing for an opponent. There are so many variables. I don't want to get into all the variables. The main thing is to have a suitable place to play that both teams have access to. But reportedly, that is not really the only thing that they took into account. Apparently, the Saints did not just consider who will host us when they decided to play in Jacksonville. They looked at a bunch of other factors. They looked at Tampa or Miami. They looked at uh, Jerry World, although that couldn't work out. They looked at places like Denver. But they decided on Jacksonville because of Aaron Rodgers' passing, in in part because of Aaron Rodgers' passing stats and record in the state of Florida. They also looked at flights and travel expenses for Packers fans to get to Jacksonville, as opposed to the other venues they could play. And they found that Jacksonville, for Packers fans, would be the most expensive place to play, and therefore there would presumably be fewer of them because they would price out Packers fans from going to their home game in Jacksonville, so they chose Jacksonville. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, 3-4 and in his career in Florida with a 78% pass rating. He's very, very bad uh, at Florida, or in Florida, apparently. So Jacksonville was attractive. They also looked at which site would give them the closest thing to a home field advantage, considering how well Packers fans travel. They were concerned Tampa or Miami would serve as a potential destination location for Packers fans, so they zeroed in on Jacksonville. A staffer researched flights from Green Bay to Jacksonville, Miami, Tampa, on Expedia, and according to Jeff Duncan, uh, who's now with um, the Times-Picayune, he was with the Athletic, I believe, um, Jacksonville was the most expensive and presented the most challenging travel itinerary. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Um, they'll still be there in mass because Packer fans are everywhere, but still, that uh, that cracked me up. So, anyway. Uh, Yeah, so these games this weekend, Louisiana Tech and Louisville, if they are not blowouts, it's a red flag. That's what, the, that's what they need to be. That's what they should be. That's what I expect them to be. We need just to just be honest about that. There's no other way to spin these games if they are not comfortable wins. There will be red flags moving forward. This is the SEC after all. And if they're going to have the seasons that people think they're going to have, then these games need to look a particular way this weekend Ohio State plus 14 is the pick tonight enjoy your 16 games and I'll be back with you guys tomorrow to recap it all and then give you Saturday winners doing a bunch of picks tomorrow so uh, subscribe to YouTube don't miss a minute or wherever you get your podcasts thank you guys so much for tuning in I appreciate all of you for uh, making the live stream fun little addition to the radio show I'm enjoying it I hope you guys are as well especially now that football is here. I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning or on the radio this afternoon. Y'all have a good day and enjoy your football tonight. i down on this killing floor. A Super Talk Mississippi Damn. media production.